Welcome to the Draw Shops Get Genius Podcast, where we talk to today's business influencers to pick their brain and pull out their genius. It's time to get genius. Hello, listeners, and thank you for joining me on another Tuesday for a Get Genius episode. Today, I am speaking with Michael Zapersky, and he is an author, entrepreneur, and he is the CEO of ConsultingSuccess.com. He also is the author of a book called The Elite Consulting Mind, and a lot of what we talk about in the interview can be found in his book. We didn't go a ton into his book, but I know that that it's awesome and I want you guys to be able to take a look at it. So be sure to check out the link to that. Michael's consulted for organizations and advised leaders throughout North America, Europe, Asia, Africa, Australia, the Middle East, literally over 30 industries from service providers to billion dollar multinational corporations, including Panasonic, Dow Jones, Financial Times, the Royal Bank, and so many more. He's an in-demand speaker. He gives keynotes, workshops. He really is such a wealth of wisdom, especially in the consulting world. And as we talk about on the show, while he is focused with consultants and training consultants and that whole model of business, I know a lot of you listeners have service-based businesses, whether you're in marketing or coaching, whatever it is, everything that he talks about can so easily be applied. And what I love about guests like Michael is that he has a different perception on, on certain things, which is, is so nice and it kind of shakes your brain up a little bit to think about things differently. And there's definitely quite a handful of golden nuggets to listen out for. He has appeared in Marketing Profs, Huffington Post, Financial Times, Fox Business. I mean, literally, I can just read a a long list of everything that he's been featured in and just tons of media and publications. He actually has five books, but the most recent was The Elite Consulting Mind. And he talks about consulting and marketing. And some of the things that we're going to talk about is the mindset of getting through challenges and growing your businesses and what are the common challenges? What are some of the things that maybe we're not, maybe we think we're thinking about, maybe we think we've nailed it, but maybe you haven't. And maybe you're actually missing out on, on a ton of business because you're not thinking of something a specific way, or you're not offering a unique enough value proposition. So what are those things? And we're going to talk about all of that, how to be really strategic about what your fees are and your pricing. And how can you grow that business and break through a plateaued mindset? So, so many really valuable things I always learn from these interviews. He's super intelligent, has some really great stories and examples to listen out for as well. So I know that you're going to enjoy this interview and have a most wonderful and productive day. Hello, Michael, and welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here with me today. Very excited to be here with you. I'm pretty intrigued already with what you do, because I think you have a different way of consulting that I've read about and and that I've that I've seen from you. I'm really looking forward to you sharing these different perceptions that you have with our audience. But first, let's kind of give a, a background, if you can, you know, how you became this successful consultant and and started your consulting success business. So we're going back to just out of high school when I started my first business with my cousin, Sam, who uh, to this day is my business partner at Consulting Success. And we're like brothers. We've built and sold multiple businesses over the years. 
But that first business was kind of in the web design development area way back in the day when that was just new, right? There's a lot of new kind of developments. And so uh, we learned just by by trial and error, really kind of putting stuff out there. Sam was more the design, the development guy. I was more the strategy, uh, client communications, marketing guy. And we built that business up a little bit, but very quickly realized that we want to transition. And our next business was a branding and marketing agency and consultancy. And I ended up actually going over to Japan and opening up a branch office for us over there. So I had the opportunity to consult and work with organizations like Panasonic and Dow Jones and Financial Times Japan and Sumitomo and a whole bunch of others. It was a really great opportunity to learn. Again, my background is not uh, formally trained in consulting. I didn't work for one of the large consulting firms or, or, or anything like that. But really by learning and applying failing, as some people like to call it, I like to call it just learning experiences, but it was all about interacting with clients, understanding how to provide more and more value and help them to get results. And so that business was was a terrific experience. Uh, we were very successful with that. I ended up coming back to North America about six years, five, six years later, and built another consultancy, this time focusing on lead generation for professional services firms, worked with a lot of uh, insurance companies, uh, investment companies, other consultancies, helping them to get more leads for their business. And around that time, Sam and I had taken a little break from working together. He was doing his own thing. Uh, I was doing this new consultancy and we decided, you know, let's figure out a way that we can work together again and really want to develop a business that would allow us to work online, to work from, from anywhere. Um, both of us enjoy traveling. Uh, my wife is from Japan and I'm a very big family person. So I wanted to ensure that we would have the opportunity to continue spending time both with with my family, but also with hers. And so having kind of a longer term view around building a business that would allow us to essentially be very free and very flexible and work anywhere at any time. And that's really what we've created through the business. And so we started Consulting Success at that time. It was a different name, but it was really just a place where I was sharing my own experiences, my lessons learned, you know, stories kind of from the front lines and trenches of what was working, also what wasn't working on marketing, on fees, on proposals. And that just took off. There was a lot of interest, a lot of people who were, I guess, resonating with that message. We didn't have any monetization plan going into it. I just wanted to share. I just wanted to, to help others learn from the successes that we were having and also from the mistakes that we had made over the years and continued to. And so as time went on, we started to develop courses and programs for consultants and now uh, still run those programs uh, and especially a training and coaching program where we work very closely with a small group of consultants to help them to implement marketing systems to attract more clients and structure their offerings in a way that really uh, leverages their experience and expertise so they're very clear and confident on what they're offering and so they can grow their business. It's so great to hear all this because I know as an entrepreneur myself and, and many that are listening, you start a business that starts with an idea. And you get really excited about it. And at some point in your career as an entrepreneur, there's a lot of stuff that you don't know because you're just starting. And there's so many facets to a business that you can't possibly pay attention to all of them every single day because there's only one of you. And so learning you know, this type of information, it's so critical. It's like you've got to have a consultant or somebody in your corner that can help you. But you learn those things as you grow and you start to fill 
you know, fill the holes or whatever the things that you were like, oh, wow, I wasn't, I was paying so much attention to this part of my business. I wasn't even looking at the marketing or I was paying so much attention to the marketing. I wasn't looking at even how to bring in more leads. Things like that happen, you know, especially in those beginning phases. What were some of the things that you learned? Cause you got, you were in business, you and Sam were in business before together. And then you came back together. What did you learn from prior years that you said, okay, this is absolutely not what we're going to do in this new business. And these are the things that we absolutely are going to do. Yeah, that's a, a really good question. You know, I think what's just important to point out to a lot of people is that it's not always necessary to try and know everything. In fact, if you spend time trying to know everything, it's most likely that you're going to end up wasting a lot of time. You're going to spend way too much of your time learning and planning and thinking and not doing. Right. And doing is what really matters. Doing is what really moves the needle. Now, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't learn the best practices and that not having a plan is a good thing. Having a good plan, having a plan that helps you to know what you should do in what order can really shave a lot of trial and error and a lot of struggle off for you so that you can reach success much faster. But you don't need to, to aim for perfection. And so for us, I think as we have continued to build businesses and sell businesses and work with clients, you know, one of the things that we've learned is the importance of taking action and of really validating our ideas. Um, you know, many years ago we started, it was, you guess you could call it like a software business. It was really, it was an online service for consultants and professionals. And we invested over $20,000 of our own money just to kind of build this prototype. And we packed it with all these features and things that we thought people wanted. The only problem is we never asked the market what they actually wanted. So, you know, twenty two, $23,000 later, we realized that no one really wanted what we had built. So we had to, to transition. We had to make an adjustment. That was a really great lesson. I mean, luckily we were able to successfully transition that business to refocus it, to turn it very profitable. And earlier this year, about eight years after we started, we, we just sold it. And that was really great. But you know, the lesson that I took from that and one of the things that I often share with our clients is to get these ideas that we have out of our head and as quickly as possible in front of the people who we actually want to to buy from us, the people that we actually want to provide value to and, and serve, because the faster we can do that, the faster we can actually get feedback that allows us to then really uh, refine and optimize everything from our marketing messaging to our actual marketing, our targeting, our pricing. Uh, and so forth. What would you say, you know, as, as you're doing that, as, as you're learning and you're growing, what would you say are the most common challenges that businesses are facing as they're growing? Well, I mean, I'll speak to, you know, to consultants because that's really where I spend all of my time is, is working with consultants to grow their business. Mm -hmm. But I do believe this applies to other entrepreneurs. And I would say that the first big challenge that I see people encounter is not having real clarity around who their ideal client is you know, they try and go far too broad and try and be all things to all people. And that's a really big mistake, especially if you are at the early stages of your marketing. You might have a lot of experience in your area. I mean, most of our clients, if not all of them, in fact, it's a, it, it is a requirement in order for us to work with them. They're experts in their area. Like they have years and years of experience doing what they're good at, whether that's in pharmaceuticals or it's in manufacturing or it's in branding or you know, healthcare it doesn't matter whatever it is, but they're good at what they do. But it's really important 
that you get clear focus on who your ideal client is, because if you don't, then you can't develop messaging that will really resonate with them. And so a lot of people, you know, they say, well, I'm trying all these different things when it comes to marketing. I'm doing what I see other people doing, whether it's on Facebook or Instagram or other kinds of social media or webinars or whatever it is, but I'm not getting the results that I want. Why is that? And one of the most common reasons is because their messaging isn't matching what their ideal clients really care about. And so if you have real clarity around who your ideal client is, then you can develop messaging and start testing it with these ideal clients to see what really resonates with them, what aligns with them, what will get them to raise their hand and want to have a meaningful conversation with you. And that's where things really start. So that's what I would suggest that people really hone in on if they're looking to improve their their marketing and their lead generation is, is start by getting an understanding of really who your ideal client is and developing a message that will connect to them. I think a lot of people have experienced that where they're so excited about their service they're offering. They're going after somebody that's totally not the ideal client. And what happens is somebody who is the ideal client ends up finding them. And then they realize, wow, I didn't realize that that was the the niche of people that I should be speaking to. In terms of finding that message and marketing what your business is, what your offering and your value is, what are some things that you have done that have proven to be really successful? And we can speak to, you know, the consulting, the consulting mind. But, you know, I think I think, as you said, a lot of this can can go into any type of of service or business. Yeah, I mean, certainly. So again, it all starts with having clarity around who the ideal client is, because if you don't know who they are, you can't develop a message that will resonate with them. In order to be able to develop a a message that will resonate with them, your message itself must really focus on what is unique about your offering. So be clear on who your ideal client is. Be clear, this is the second part, on you know, what it is that you are helping them to solve? What is the problem that you address? And what is the result that they're going to get by solving that problem? And then the third part of your messaging that you want to make sure that you include, and this is the one that most people don't do a very good job of, and then wonder why their marketing isn't working. And it's because of this is tell them why they should choose you. You know, what makes your offering different? What makes you better? What is the advantage that they're going to gain by engaging with you? And there's many factors that you can apply here, you know, as an example, how many years of experience do you have? What types of organizations have you worked with in the past that your ideal clients or customers might already know about? Do you have a unique process or methodology that has been proven to create a certain level of results? Are you able to guarantee results? So those are a few different kind of criteria that people can use, but you wanna make sure that you not only tell people, here's what I do and here's what I, you know, what I can solve, but give them a reason to feel that you are the preferred choice, that you have an advantage, that you can provide greater value than uh, others in the marketplace. Because the reality is that for most buyers these days, there is no lack of choice. In fact, there's more choice for most people these days than they've ever had before. Oh, yeah. And so if, if you want right, to you know, cut through that, that noise, if you want to rise to the top, then it's really important that you spend some time communicating why people should choose you. That's probably a huge pain point for a lot of people is that there are so many. And as as we keep growing in this world and we're able to connect with people on a, on a bigger scale, there's a lot more competition. Some people are probably asking, how can I set myself apart from somebody else? What if they are offering something that's just as valuable as mine? How do I set myself apart from them? So it goes back to what I just shared, right? Like you have to identify within those criteria and there's others as well, what sets you apart. Now, 
there's a very common story in kind of the direct marketing space from from many years ago about a company called uh, I think it was Schlitz Beer, and um, you know they were using the their kind of process for uh, adding fresh water or bringing water into their beer was essentially the same as all other beer companies, but the person that wrote the ad really, uh, as they were doing interviews and kind of went into to see this whole process was just astounded by what went into it and realized that no one else was telling that story. Mm-hmm. And so while other companies, uh, other, you know, uh, beer producers were doing the same thing, no one was talking about what was happening. And so by bringing that story to the forefront, that created an advantage. And I think they went from something like, you know, don't quote me on this because I'm probably off, but it's something like they went from a seventh position to a a second or third position in market share, like their sales increased significantly. So it's not always that you have to be the only person in the world doing something in some unique way. It may just be that you need to talk about something that no one else is talking about. And I'll be very transparent with everyone here. Like this is not easy to do in some cases, but it's also why the vast majority of you and likely your competition also aren't doing a very good job at it. Yeah. So when you put a little bit more time into it and you say, you know, okay, I understand this is gonna be challenging, uh, but I'm committed to being successful with this. I really want to see my business or my consultancy grow. So I'm gonna figure out what I need to do to ensure that I have a compelling message that will get the attention interest of my ideal clients. And so it might take a little bit more work, it might require you to really think through it a bit more. It might require you to test it or to talk with prospective clients. But as long as you are committed to figuring that out and you really do have expertise, meaning that you can really provide value and results for your clients, then you can arrive at a compelling value proposition that will get the attention interest of your ideal clients, will have them raising their hand and will generate a lot more leads for you. I, mean, I remember one of our clients was marketing to large multinational organizations, trying to get their attention, trying to set up appointments. And she was having a lot of trouble doing it. When we looked at her value proposition, it was very clear why, because it, there was nothing unique. You could mm-hmm. take her value proposition and apply it to like almost you know any of her other competitors' websites and you would never know the difference. But when she really worked at thinking about these three criteria and especially what made her unique, what made her offering unique and how she could get the attention of radio clients and stand out, all of a sudden, CEOs of large organizations started responding to her emails, started responding to her requests for appointments, and her business never looked back. So it can have a pretty profound impact when you really put in the right type of work to achieve it. I feel like the last like two minutes are just so important. That's so true. Is that, you know, like you said, with the beer company, it's what other companies are doing, but what are you actually highlighting and speaking to? And what do people want to know? Because it's not... It's like you said, it's not so much that one is and maybe one is is better than the other, but it's really about like, and I know you keep saying it, but it's really looking at that ideal client and what is it that they are looking for and to really speak to just that to make people go, oh, because I see that all the time just in, in other food brands and services. You go with the one that speaks to you because you go well that's that's my pain point or that's really that's really different i haven't seen that before even though it's the same as the competitors <laughs> exactly i love it you talk about technology and that it can actually hold you back from growing your business and maybe you're specifically talking about a consulting business i'm not sure so i i just want to hear why you feel that way and what that is all about sure yeah well i'm i'm always talking about consulting businesses cuz that's that's what i live and breathe right but that this can really be applied to to all businesses and and to all entrepreneurs and uh, any 
business, you know, especially small and mid-sized businesses. But here's the reality that I've observed. In this day and age that we all live in, we are surrounded by technology. We all expect things to happen instantly because we can literally pick up our phones, we can check the weather, we can make a phone call to people across the world. Like we have uh, instant access to a lot. So because of that, we expect that our marketing should be able to get us results very, very quickly. And in some cases, that's true. But in most cases, especially for targeting the world that we focus on, which is consulting or, or corporate or established organizations, uh, you have to establish a relationship first. You have to actually add value and contribute before someone's going to be willing to engage with you. If you're selling to consumers and you're selling a five or a 10 or a 50 or you know, 100 or even several hundred dollar gizmo or product, it's different. Consumers will arrive at a page sometimes, the right information is there and they're compelled to buy and they're in the right cycle of buying. They'll say, okay, yes. And they'll you know click the button, enter their credit card and buy. But if you are working with an organization who is going to invest tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands, or in some cases, millions of dollars to work with you, they first want to really trust you. And so the challenge with technology right now is that so many people spend so much time learning all these different technologies, they expect them to generate results. But really what they're doing is they're holding them back from getting in front of their ideal client. People are hiding behind technology, hoping that the automations and all these things will do the hard work for them. They're scared to pick up the phone. They're scared to go and network and, and meet people face to face. They're scared to ask, can we sit down and have a conversation about this, right? They don't want to ask for the meeting because they want technology to protect them. But if you really want to create a trusting relationship where someone feels that you can help them where there's credibility and believability and authority established, then you have to get from behind technology, get in front of it and, and actually pick up the phone or send an email or request to someone directly to have a, a meeting or a conversation or go to a networking event, because that may be the fastest and most direct way for you to get in front of an ideal client. I mean, really, at the end of the day, What's the purpose of using a lot of technology, you know, from the, from a marketing perspective? Well, it's to win clients, right? It's to grow our businesses. Right. Well, if there's a way to get in front of an ideal client in a more direct manner by either showing up at an event where they are or by finding a way to deliver your message directly to them or connecting with them on LinkedIn or whatever it might be, which is a better path for you? Is it better to put your tweets, you know, up on like on Twitter or post onto some social media platform or is it better just to get in front of that ideal client? Now, I'm not saying there's no value in social media and technology. Uh, we use a lot of technology in our business and we show our clients a process we, that we call the marketing engine that helps them to generate a lot more leads for their consulting business that leverages automation and technology, but it doesn't replace getting in front of an ideal client. It doesn't, and it should not replace you actually reaching out to a client directly at the right time. I'm not talking about cold calling or uncomfortable sales, but as you start to develop and nurture a relationship where you're adding value, you don't want to allow technology to keep you back. You want to engage with your ideal clients as much as possible in the most direct way that you can. Yeah, I think that is so important. I couldn't I couldn't agree more. And there's definitely there's definitely a healthy balance. But people are with all the technology that's happening. People are craving that. You know, it's like, well, I can't remember when I can just get somebody on the phone. So you can also set yourself apart that way by doing that. Let's talk about pricing. And how to be strategic about what you charge and how do you know if it's too much? How do you know if it's, it's too little? And I think consulting is, is a great model because I think we have a lot of listeners that offer a service-based business. And so it might be consulting, it might be coaching, it might be there's, you know, marketing services. Um, and I think it, it all, it all kind of 
falls under that that same type of a model. So I'd love to hear what your thoughts on that. You know, when do you start to, at what stage do you need to be at where you can start charging more? Or are you trying to be competitive and charge less? You know, these are the questions that people have. How can we be strategic with that? Well, in, in professional services, if you're a coach or you're a consultant, you should never try and charge less. That is a really bad business model. That is a spiral that only goes downwards. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and that's a, a way to really position yourself as a commodity uh, among others. You know, if you are working with someone who is wanting to tap into your expertise, pricing yourself lower is a way to, to create a lower perception of value, not a higher perception of value. We all know and actually enjoy spending more money when we, when we believe we're going to get more value from that. So in regards to your pricing, you know, it should always be directly connected to the value, the outcome, the result, the benefit that the buyer is getting from the work or engagement that you're in with them. And the, the big mistake that a lot of consultants make is that they are still using hourly fees or daily rates. And while there, there can be a place for that, especially if you're just trying to get your, you know, your feet moving at the beginning, there very quickly will be a time where you hit a ceiling because you are capping what you can earn and you're also uh, entering into a pretty uncomfortable situation where in order for you to earn more, you want to drag a project out. And in order for a client to get things done, you know, uh, more at a less cost, they want things to finish as quickly as possible. And so they're also less likely to call upon you when they have a question or they need something else done because they know it's going to cost them every time that they engage with you. Right. But if, if you can identify what is the real value, what is the real ROI that the client or the buyer is going to get from engaging with you, well, then you can start to position your fees in connection with that. What a lot of people miss or what a lot of people don't understand when it comes to ROI positioning, as we call it, or ROI or value-based fees, is that the, the real work of this is not in your actual fees. This, the real work that needs to be done when you want to make this work for you is in the conversation that you're having with the buyer beforehand. It has nothing to do with your proposal. It has everything to do with how you engage with the client, how you um, ask certain questions, dig deep into their uh, situation and identify both the value and ROI potential for them, both the tangible and intangible aspects of value, but also the cost of inaction. What happens if they don't move forward? How does it affect their market share, their shareholders, uh, their, com you know, their competitors, or the other uh, landscape or environment that they're in? And when you include all of that, not you telling the buyer, but rather having a conversation with them where they themselves actually can see that and agree with that, and they're telling you that, yeah, this is this makes a lot of sense to me. I, I definitely think this is what we can create. This is the reason why we want to do it. And you explore a, a whole bunch of other aspects. Well, then it becomes very easy for them to understand that making a greater investment will yield right more value for them. And so it moves the relationship between the consultant and the buyer from one where they look at hiring you or bringing you on as an expense or a cost to one where they really see you as an investment. because the connection for them is now crystal clear. They know by, that, by making this investment of, let's just say, $50,000, that they're going to add an extra $300,000 to their business this year. And so they're willing to do that. And in fact, they're excited to do that because they know that greater growth is going to come. Um, I was just actually summer this, or before we got on the call today, uh, I had a client post a question into uh, our forum that we have for our clients, you know, asking about this exact question. And the example that I offered and kind of showing a bit of a calculation around this is that if you just charge based on hourly fees or daily rates 
for this given example, you might earn $30,000, but by really looking at how you can connect this to value, all of a sudden their fees could actually increase to about $150,000. Yeah. So people can leave a lot of money on the table if they're not approaching this in the right way. That's so important. And I, and I love that. And especially in that type of, of a business, it also just gives um, you, you build more trust and you're obviously going to get more results and referrals. So what are some challenges you have faced or if you have, you were just talking about, you know, you can, you can quickly hit a ceiling without thinking of it differently, like, like you, you know, without being strategic about it and thinking about the value and how, how you can increase by, by the results that, that you're, you're bringing. Have you yourself and any of your businesses experienced uh, like a plateau of, okay, wow, we've, we've, we've done so well. And then now we're, we're kind of stagnant here. Plateaus aren't in your business. Plateaus are your, are in your mindset. I don't know anyone in business who has not encountered challenges. Anyone that says that they haven't, I mean, I, I just have no idea who they are. It's like they're, <laughs> they're not real. Yeah. You know, I think we all encounter challenges and the, the key to success in my own experience and observation is that it's how you handle those challenges. Uh, some people think that as you become more and more successful that you, you know, you don't have challenges anymore. But in fact, you <laughs> have just as many challenges, maybe you even have more, but the challenges are just different, right? They're just maybe a higher level of, of challenge. Right. So. Yes. I mean, definitely we've experienced times in different businesses and we've seen this with clients too, where they'll reach this point where it's like things aren't really going up at the same rate as they were previously, or they hit uh, a period where they just kind of feel stuck, like things really aren't moving and they're just kind of sluggish, you know, sluggishly moving forward, if forward at all. Uh, But the key at that point is to recognize that it's not about your, your business, it's about you. And so at that moment, you need to decide, do you really want to continue growing? Do you want to get things to that next level? Because if you're committed to doing that, then there's going to be a, a solution for you. And uh, that solution usually requires you to, to do different things or to do things differently than you've been doing them before. It might be a change to your model. It might be a change to your pricing approach and strategy. It might be a change to your marketing or lead generation tactics. Uh, it may also just be a change in your own mindset on how you think about things and and then how you implement based on those things. But typically the best solution and what we've always done is, you know, not only do we work with our clients and serve as, as coaches and, and trainers and advisors to them, uh, we ourselves take our own medicine. We work with our own coaches and mentors. We've done this for, for years because like the best in any business, whether, you know, look at all Olympic athletes, all, you know, musicians, people in business, anyone who wants to perform at high levels will surround themselves with other coaches and mentors, people that can help them to get to where they want to go to in a more efficient, more effective way. And so if you are finding yourself feeling stuck or, you know, reaching a plateau, look at your own industry, look at what you're doing, find someone that is at that next level of success that you resonate with and that you feel is the kind of person that you could learn from, reach out to them, engage in a conversation, find out how they got to where they are and learn as much as you can, whether that's, you know, through books, but especially if you can have a conversation with someone that can shift your perspective very quickly. And then as long as you are open to changing things, like if you're really committed to making a change, then you probably will need to do things differently than the way that you've done them before. But we've, we've always found that as long as we have that mindset, 
and we're committed to growth and we're committed to learning from others and investing in ourselves and our business so that we can then continue to to see greater growth. That's exactly what happens. So true. And I think, like you said, no matter what level you are with your business, you're constantly going to face challenges. Some of them are really fun, actually, when you conquer them. Some can it can totally stress you out. But if you are wanting to grow, it's just inevitable that you're going to face challenges because in order to keep getting to those different levels and breaking through those ceilings, you have to do different things and you have to be more educated and you probably have to employ more you know, people that are genius in, in different areas. So I think that's so true. And I like to stress that a lot because you can see it happen when a business or somebody struggling because they've gotten so comfortable because things have gotten easy and then it just kind of plateaus. But then, you know, in order to, to reach that next level, you really have to stretch yourself. The challenges are fun. I mean, especially if you're an entrepreneur, you obviously already know that because you've taken the challenge on to, you know, bring some idea to life that, that you just had to do. So you get that. Well, Summer, if, if I may, you know, my belief is that we actually don't really hit plateaus Rather, we, we reach a point where we're either going to uh, continue to go up or we're going down. I mean, you may, f- you may see that you're at a plateau for a period of time, meaning that you're not really you know, growing or you're not decreasing in terms of revenue or whatever your, your KPI measurement is. But the reality is that we're in, a, in an age where there's plenty of competition around us. And so if you're not investing in your own growth and in your business and learning how to overcome challenges and, and reach new heights, those around you likely are. And so as they continue to improve and you're just standing still, in fact, you're going down. The other thing that I would add is I I think some people actually don't enjoy challenges, even if they are entrepreneurs. The observation that I've had is if you can shift your mindset to actually understand that when you encounter a challenge, it is a good thing. It's actually a sign that you are progressing because if you're never encountering encountering any challenges, it means that you're just comfortable. You're in the waters of the known. Everything's nice. And that's that's okay for a while. If you want to grow, you're going to have to go beyond that safe harbor into uncharted waters and territory where the seas may get rough. Now, you can you could look at that and say, well, this is really scary. Maybe I should turn back. And that's okay. If you want to do that, you'll continue to, to experience the same kind of results that you've had in the past. But if you want to see better results, if you want to reach that further, more beautiful destination and island, then you have to really go through some of those rough waters and understand that that's a good thing. It means that you're doing things you haven't done before. And that's called learning. That's called progress. It doesn't mean that what you learn is, is going to be successful for you right away. And that's where I think a lot of people fall down as they look at what they're experiencing and say, this is not making me better. I'm, you know, this has caused me pain, discomfort, and it's not, it's not good. And so then they retreat and turn back. But what they don't understand is that if you look at failure, as a learning experience, the more negative feedback that you get, that's actually a positive because now you're one step closer to actually learning what will work for you. And so the more action that you take, the more that you venture into the unknown, the more that will actually become known to you and the more progress that you'll make in your business. When you go through it and the more that you go through it, it's easier to have that mindset and to look and see, okay, I, kn- I know that this is going to be good. If you're early on, it's hard. Like you said, you want to retreat. It's like, wow, this is this is not what I really wanted to be doing. I didn't want to have to struggle this hard. But 
like you said, if you can have that mindset and know that this is this is going to be an opportunity, this is going to every single time that you're messing up or somebody is saying this or that, it is a learning lesson for you to do things better. And really, I think one of the best ways to know how, how see how true that is, is just look back in your life in general, whatever area of life it was. And you look at all of the things that you quote unquote failed at, messed up at, or feel that you struggled through. And what did you gain from that? Most of the time, I mean, I rarely hear somebody say, I I really wish that that never happened. Most people will say, even if it's an awful experience, will say, but I'm so much better for it. I'm so glad I went through it. I wouldn't be where I am today if I hadn't gone through that. That's right. Well, Michael, it's been so awesome speaking with you. I want to send our listeners to find more information about you. Is your website the best place to go? Yeah, they can head over to consultingsuccess.com and uh, plenty of free resources, some paid as well. If you're looking to dive deeper into consulting or take your consulting business to the next level, it's all there. And yeah, would would love to connect with people and help in any way that I can. Fantastic. And we'll have a link to all of that, your social media channels, everything on our blog post and show notes. And I really appreciate you speaking with us today. I think there's been just incredible insight for those and in a similar business and really in any business. My pleasure, Summer. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to today's Get Genius. You can learn more about The Draw Shop at www.thedrawshop.com on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Your home for kick-butt custom whiteboard marketing videos. Your ideas come to life. Thanks for listening. Please share, comment, and make any suggestions for future genius guests. 